Library Discoveries is available wherever you prefer to subscribe to your podcasts. Your weekly dose of bookish goodness, sharing our love of books and printed papers with the world. Most of the books will be quite old, some will be rare, but others will be new. All of them will be unusual or notable in some way. It's your way to visit the library without visiting the library. We will focus mainly on Britain and England, but not completely. Each adventure starts with a library find, but ends who knows where. Join us in the library with the roaring fire and the leather chairs. Cigars optional. Welcome to Library Discoveries, and this week we are looking at the novel Triad, a novel of the supernatural by Mary Leader, an American writer. This book is special to me because it was the book Stevie Nicks was reading when she invented the character or the song of Rhiannon. In a short while, Paul is going to take you through this exact copy of the book, which I bought second-hand on the internet, as so many second-hand books are bought these days. Um, but really, for me, it's not the best story. It's not a bad story. It is really the birth of Rhiannon that I'm interested in. So, some extracts from Triad by Mary Leader on page 96. She is typing a story on an actual typewriter. I wasn't thinking of Demeter, I was seeing a fey-eyed Rhiannon, and this was just what the priest had told me I mustn't do. I remember ripping the sheets out of my typewriter and beginning again. I'm surprised I even kept them. I suppose... I thought some of those ideas, if cut and simplified, might enliven my script. I tried to shut Rhiannon out of my mind and to conjure up a raven-haired Grecian Demeter, but my plodding typewriter lagged behind my thoughts. I wrote, then tore out the paper again and rewrote, my fingers accelerating in a burst of speed until I stopped short. Instead of the name Demeter, I'd written Rhiannon. Furiously, I X'd it out, but now, when I tried to return to my story, my hands faltered as my thoughts dwindled into inanities, and I found myself listening to the drip-drip of water on the window pane, the drone of the refrigerator in the kitchen, the groans in the walls, and the throbbing of arcane fears which had come flooding back over me. I love that passage because it's all about typewriters and, and the struggle to, to get your thoughts out onto the device which is always lagging behind you. But in particular, this next passage is important because Stevie Nicks often talks about her characters and songs and Christine McVie's talked about them as prayers as well. Um, and in some ways, the song is a, like a prayer. And here we go. Rhiannon, I tried to frame a prayer for her but immediately knew it for the meaningless repetition that it was. Better no prayer than an insincere one. And on it goes for a few more pages. But we start to get into the Arthurian legends here, and I think that is where it gets very interesting for me to know that the Mabinogian and Arthur kind of overlap and interlink in some ways. So she's talking about Rhiannon, the cousin. Rhiannon was another Welsh queen. She first married Pool, son of Diffed, who met her out riding. She could travel so swiftly 
when she was only walking her horse that Powell couldn't reach up when he was galloping his. After many adventures they were married and she bore a son. He was one of the seven Welshmen who later escaped Ireland with Branwen, by the way. A few nights after his birth, as Rhiannon lay sleeping, someone stole the boy, and her maids, fearful that they would be accused, smeared her mouth and hands with puppy blood and swore that Rhiannon had killed her child. And on that goes, and in this book, Mary Leader's story, Branwen is the main character who believes she's been possessed by Rhiannon, and Branwen is pregnant. So the idea, of course, is that uh, the Welsh myths and, and Welsh folklore um, overlap and spill into Branwen's real life. But this is interesting, very interesting. She talks about the great goddess of the Celts being Rigantona, Riantona, and it says that Rhiannon is a contraction of Riantona. And on it goes about Riantona, and it turns out that she becomes Morgan Le Fay, the sorceress and half-sister of Arthur, and his deadliest enemy. Um, and then as Margo, Margos, these names are very difficult to the English mouth, she incestuously bore Arthur's bastard Mordred, and she was one of the three queens who took his body from the battleground to Avalon, and Morgan was the death aspect of the Lady of the Lake. And this goes on even further to say that Branwen the White Cow um, would have been Rigantona or Rhiannon in her benevolent aspect. So Branwen is the positive half of Rhiannon. They're, they're one and the same character. And then Rhiannon is thought to have been corrupted into Niniane or Niniane. Niena, another name for the Lady of the Lake. So Rhiannon is kind of the Lady of the Lake, Morgan Le Fay, all this stuff, Merlin, King Arthur, Mabinogion, all in. And then right at the very end, we always look at the very end of books, uh, usually before we read them, just to understand what the context is. But this is particularly interesting for Stevie Nicks fans. Uh, and of course, Branwen by this stage has gone somewhat, uh, shall we say, weak of mind, and is being treated as as a as a psychiatric patient, as far as I can tell. Oh dear God, I realise that I may never see my little boy again, and Alan only through a barred window. But one thing I do know: Rhiannon and I will meet again and again until some day, at some turn of the spiral. We will come together in our last struggle, and I will win. And winner, long-distance winner, winning, uh, the good and evil. Stevie Nicks is always battling in her songs. There's always a fight. And I think that, although later on Paul's going to tell you that Rhiannon was born on page 19, I think Rhiannon was born in these pages towards the second half of the novel and at the end, where Stevie realised that Rhiannon was her worse half and her better half at the same time and that this idea of good and evil and good and bad is not simple in real life that there is always a struggle in everybody between the right thing and the wrong thing and whether you choose to characterise that as a 
possession, which can lead you down the, the road to the hospital, or whether you just sit back from that and accept it as reality and as a fact of life, uh, which is where most of us eventually end up when we get old enough. So I think that's a good place for Paul to take you through the book itself. Over to you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. So this week, the novel is Triad, a novel of the supernatural by Mary Leader, published in 1973. My edition is a hardback book club edition from the US. The dust jacket is in a bad state, but still complete. And underneath the cloth-bound boards are pale green, which is an unusual colour today, and I'm sure it was back then. We open the book. We've got the flaps. And there is a summary of the plot, which spills over onto the back flap. So you'll hear that as I go through. Um, Branwen Erickson begins a nightmare journey that will draw her to the edge of madness and jeopardise her marriage and life itself. In the lonely nights, when Alan is away consulting for his budding civil engineering firm, the wind off the lake moans through the old-fashioned speaking tubes in every room, following Branwen in her restless wanderings and whispering a name that haunts her. The last word on that flap is the word Rhiannon. Is Branwen right in believing that these voices that mock her assume her identity and urge her towards self-destruction? Is Rhiannon reaching out from the grave to possess her? A chilling novel of the supernatural, Triad evokes an entirely eerie and compelling duel of wills fought from either side of the grave. Mary Leader had a varied career as both an actress and journalist, but Triad was her first novel. She lives in Mequon, Wisconsin, where she is currently at work on a new novel, wait for it, of modern Satanism. The jacket design was by the inestimable Paul Bacon, and it was printed in the USA. So, here we have the beginning of Stevie Nicks as a persona, as the Welsh witch. The novel Triad, published by Coward McCann and Gohan Inc., uh, a more Irish American name it would be difficult to imagine. To the memory of my parents, Mabel and Arthur Bartelt, and my friend Ellie Kim, and with loving gratitude to my husband Eric Leader, copyright 1973, published in the US. Three people who broke their hearts from bewilderment Branwen, daughter of Lyre, Caradog, son of Bran, and Faron Dandy, an old Welsh triad. Three lines, poem. So Rhiannon appears first on page 19, or at least we really understand she is Rhiannon. It's the first person novel here. Page 19. I tensed. Oh, I did now, did I? I parried. And if I'm no longer Branwen, just what is my name, may I ask? A very odd one. Another Welsh one, you said. Like Branwen. And a lot harder to spell. But I like it. Say, what's the matter? Don't you remember telling me? I placed the pancake on his plate, trying not to let my hand shake as I did so, and then started to ladle more batter onto the griddle. Of course I do, I retorted, but I'll bet you've forgotten it. Welsh names aren't easy. I'll never forget this one. Rhiannon. Rhiannon. 
I stood there with the bowl suspended, and batter running unheeded over the rim of the griddle onto the stove. "'Hey, watch what you're doing!' he exclaimed, grabbing the bowl out of my hand. And that, there we go, page 19 to 20 of Triad by Mary Leader. That is the exact moment that the character of Rhiannon, as created by Stevie Nicks, the Welsh witch, was born.